Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Rose Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It is my birthday. June 1st is my birthday. I've always loved my birthday, actually. I celebrate it. I don't hide it. I don't play coy about it. I put it all over social media. Uh, I, my husband does a fantastic job of celebrating me. Before I was even married, I celebrated me, and I still do. Uh, very, very much so. And two things, really. I've got a couple things I want to talk about the last year in review to see if I can help some people get some encouragement and, and relate to some of the stuff we've all been going through this crazy year. But two things just recently uh, kind of happened. One was yesterday. My girlfriend said, I just love how you're growing up every day. I'm 56 years of age. Always curious, always wondering what the world has to offer and that you don't get stuck in your ways and don't hang on to all the belief structures you were raised with that don't serve you anymore. There is no greater compliment for me as a person than her saying that. For someone to see me so clearly, and that is why I have amazing friends. And then Lori Ladd, I was listening to her on Instagram today, and she was talking about things that were sort of going on in this year and spiritually and and, uh, and what we're experiencing and how a lot of our problems, we get stuck in our heads. We have these bad days and we get stuck in our heads. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is I am going to talk about how this year has actually been a really tough for one for me with my depression. And... I, a couple, uh, maybe a month ago, I finally phoned my doctor and said, I need to go back on my Wellbutrin, just my 150 milligram dose. My, as my regular listeners know, I've dealt with a lot of pain this year, uh, not just from my fibromyalgia, but from deteriorating. We now know through MRIs and CT scans and a lot of pain uh, management doctors that I have some severe degeneration in my neck and lower spine that I have been pawning off as fibro pain for a number of years. And uh, I got a pinched nerve last summer that, you know, I had to end up in the hospital to say, you know, someone, please, I I can't breathe. I can't go on like this. Those moments spawned more than I would like to admit moments of I'm done. I do not want to go on in this life anymore. I don't want to live anymore. I don't see the point. I can't go another 20 years living like this. And those are really hard thoughts to have and a little depressing, a little embarrassing sometimes, I, I, which is, just so you know, is ridiculous. It, they're my thoughts. They're not embarrassing. But the fact that I am a speaker and I'm here encouraging you and others, to me that was like, well, I'm not living my message. But actually I am because I'm living. <laughs> That's the deal. When you live, these are all the things that are going to happen. So year in review, uh, it was a beautiful day yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, gorgeous sunshine. I live in Canada, so we're in Celsius, 26 degrees Celsius on June 1st. That is insane. That's insane, actually. That is like August weather for us. So needless to say, the gardens are dry. Everyone's uh, got their sunscreen on or have it, haven't, and they should have, shirts and t-shirts. And we ended up, instead of staying home and making a steak dinner that we had planned, I went out into the garden for what I thought was an hour or so, ended up being three. So I overdid it big time. Three and a half hours later, I came in and went, oh, oh, this isn't where my day was supposed to go. But 
I didn't care. It was okay. My date was allowed to go any way it wants. I don't work on my birthday, but I do have a podcast guest today and I needed to just touch base with him and make sure we both had what we needed for the, uh, for the interview today. But other than that, I worked very hard on Monday playing catch up after a couple of weeks off seeing my uncle who's been put into palliative care. Uh, bringing home a motor, a little 21-foot motor home. Now, don't you love Canadians? We give you our uh, temperature in Celsius, but we give you the f- our, our vehicles in feet. So we're a little bit weird that way, but that's what happens, I guess, as well when, one, you've got a generation that it came in mid of our, of our education system, plus we live next door to a country, the United States, that although said they were going to go metric, in the end backed out and didn't. So Canada relates very much to the European way of things, but we live next to a country, one of the largest nations in the world, that's still in the imperial uh, system. So we can talk both languages, as the expression goes. So we came home with this little motor home because my aunt and uncle bought it last fall to take this last trip, and she needed to be able to drive it. You know what? It didn't turn out quite what they expected, but they had their trip brought it home, got on a plane and, and flew to Ontario because they really just couldn't handle that long of a trip. But they thought they could. And I, as much as a lot of people would have judgment saying, what were they thinking? I'm like, no, always keep your possibilities open and keep your faith that says, I might be able to do that. I could do that. I'm going to do that. Even if in the end you don't do that. It's when we close ourselves off that we have problems. When we open ourselves up, there's always room for possibilities. So they ended up bringing it back by Christmas and asked if they could park it on our family property in Penticton, right down the street from them. And that's where it's been all these months. Well, we went up now a week early, <clears throat> excuse me, and you can, we could travel because of my uncle uh, uh, dying, unfortunately, because we've been very locked down here in British Columbia for a long, long time, way beyond what I believe is necessary. And that's been very frustrating for a lot of people and very frustrating for me, seeing how the world has reacted to in so much fear and and so much of our freedoms being taken away. And as a, not a political activist, because I'm not, I'm actually quite naughty about that. I, I don't keep up on things. And I certainly don't watch the mainstream news because it's just all propaganda and half-truths. And that's been for years, not just this past year. Mainly, I just don't watch the news because it's depressing. And if I want to find something, I used to be able to go to uh, the search engines and stuff. And now I've really had to make some desperate changes there as well, because that is now all being censored. Censorship, something that people before, generations before us fought with everything they had, is now just being accepted as, as, uh, as okay. And I just, I've struggled with all of it this past year. Those kind of things can get you feeling angry and volatile. But you know what? That's a very low vibration. That is not where I want to live. And it's certainly not living in 5D, which this past year has been my year of discovery of... Uh, higher vibrational living, uh, waking up in 5D, the book by Marine St. Germain, and working with things like the Akashic Records and meditation to enhance my spiritual experience. I was raised, as some of you know, in a very strict religious home and as typical with every single almost religion on the planet, not everyone, but almost every single religion on the planet, we're right, you're wrong. And that, you know, until that disappears and we accept that there is more to life and to the spiritual world around us than two and three and four thousand year old uh, manuscripts that had to be given to the world in a manner that they would understand to the day they lived in. That is not where we live now. We are in the 21st century. It is time to expand, wake up and move on. That was my attitude this past year. And so I'm grateful for my upbringing. I'm also grateful that I have the 
uh, mindset and the openness to say, take what is useful to you, expand on what needs to be expanded and opened, and discover new if, if it's out there. And there is lots out there, guys. There is so much out there. So back to my year in review, year of pain, year of lockdowns, year of quote unquote pandemics. Um, what do we do with it all? Well, I internalize and I'm quite emotional. So the first thing I do to stay healthy is, of course, I, like I say, I stay off the mainstream media and I don't believe everything I hear. Thank heavens my father taught me that. It made me go look for things. But then I have some friends that are really fighting against this narrative. And that's great. They're standing up for what they consider their freedoms. I'm all about freedom of speech. I'm all about disagreeing with the person beside me and not hating them. I had to learn these things, excuse me, young, sorry, and early coming out of such a strict Christian background. Uh, Because you're not taught necessarily to question. You're taught to believe. So you're brainwashed, basically. I was very lucky, though, growing up in school. I had some amazing teachers, Mrs. Reed and Mrs. Sutherland and Dr. York, who I just loved arguing about creationism versus um, evolution. Didn't matter that we didn't all agree. These were in my high school, Siakam Secondary, here in Delta, B.C., I literally had these amazing forward-thinking teachers, and I'm sorry, there's probably so many more that just names aren't jumping into my head, that all thought outside the box, and they encouraged us to think for ourselves. They mentored us. They got in our faces when we were being little assholes. Uh, And every single memory, uncomfortable and great, I am so grateful for. So grateful for. I think that's missing in our younger generation's uh, upbringing now. And that is such a shame because when you go through tough times like this, that is why people get so fearful, become suicidal, take their own lives, divorce, lose their families, take it out on their children, quit their jobs, like just so many things because they don't know how to get out of their heads and into their hearts. And one of the things Lori Ladd was saying this morning was that we need to understand that when we're having these thoughts, that's not such a, it's not that that's the bad thing is that then we get into our heads And we need to get out of our heads, leave that little uh, playground behind and get into our hearts. And as I'm listening to her this morning, I realized because I was lying in bed, I slept in, it was nine o'clock in the morning. I totally slept in this morning, which I needed. I was in a lot of pain and I thought that exactly how I'm feeling. My heart center is so open right now that I literally can feel it even now talking to all of you and my head is calm. And the reason I've, I've really, this has been on my mind is I've been listening, people are getting back together and we had a great neighborhood get together the other uh, night outside at my neighbor's and talking to, you know, some people with their struggle with sleep and how they can't get their mind to calm down. That has always been my problem. And it's not so much anymore. Now, I've tried lots of things. I, I'm not, I can't give you like, here's the answer. That journey is about discovery. It was about discovery of two years ago, I really started telling my ego to just literally shut up, shut the front door. You need to be quiet now. You do not need to be running the world while I'm trying to go to sleep. I know that seems very funny, but I treated it like a little kid, a petulant child that I put in a corner. Okay, right in, go face the corner and I'll talk to you in the morning. Then I started, you know, the meditation and calming the mind and using things like Revolutioner, fabulous um, program for uh, 12 minutes of sound that balance the left and right side of the brain. Knowledge is important for me. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit that I use cannabis and I, uh, for my fibromyalgia. That also helps me sleep because as long as I sleep, I can cope. Uh, 
And I'm so grateful that in Canada that's all legal now and and people can get safer sources of it. I've been very fortunate. I've always gotten from a dear friend. He's made butter for me. And that has been a godsend and kept me off a lot of liver damaging, body destroying drugs that they want to put people with fibro on. So I've always been very grateful for that. This last couple of months, I've been experimenting with microdosing mushrooms. That as well has been very helpful because the last few months I've really struggled. I know that I was going through a sort of um, a big change, uh, you know, kind of like the caterpillar and, and the butterfly type thing. It was uncomfortable. I've spent a lot of time in tears, my poor coach. Uh, and I realize now that that struggle, that, and it was a struggle, was just me getting through it. But what was happening was I was finding it really uh, a struggle for mental clarity, my anxiety uh, and such. And the mushrooms, I take 100 milligrams every three days. Now, I've done a little experimenting on larger doses uh, just to see what it would be like to have a bit of a trip, maybe even. Hasn't gone well for me. I usually just sleep. And one time I was very anxious. Maybe I'm taking the wrong thing. Doesn't really matter. It's, it's an experiment. But get yourself a guide. I mean, they even talk about that. Do not actually. Marine Saint Germain talks about that. Do not use psychedelics and hallucinogens and things without a guide. Well, my coach is very was very uh, knowledgeable in this area and guided me through expectations, side effects, you know, that sort of thing. It was wonderful, and even just spirituality wise, getting me in the right mindset to enjoy the experience. It has opened my mind and there are days when I want to be productive that it's just like mental clarity just it's like a rubber band snapping back. It's like, oh, my whole head's open. Where, if any of you have suffered from chronic fatigue, a fibro, you're under a lot of stress at work, you struggle with anxiety, you will know exactly what I mean when I say, you know how your brain starts getting fuzzy and on the edges, it's just cloudy and you just feel like you're looking through the world through a very narrow scope. And even that some days can get a little fuzzy, but it's like having cotton batten on the left and the right. And it's like, no, I want peripheral vision. I want peripheral life and spiritual vision. So this really helped me and I was like, cool. Now I realize a lot of things are illegal and a lot of things have been illegal. With my new awareness, I'm starting to wonder if a lot of things are illegal because there's a lot of people out there that are in control that don't want us waking up and thinking for ourselves. Because my attitude is within reason, understand it, use it as appropriate. But if God created it and nature created it, there had to be a reason and a use for it. That doesn't mean we should all be smoking opium. That's not the use of poppies. It was so brilliantly used for surgeries before anest true anesthetic came into a being and sometimes sleeping aids for, for sick people. But as you know, when man takes it into a recreational drug and then bans it all, it's like that, that actually isn't the point. We did that. Nature created something that could help in dire situations and we abused it. Just like we abuse alcohol and we abuse food and we abuse chemicals. We abuse what nature gives to us. So if you can try and stand back and open your mind to say, what if? Doesn't mean it's for you guys. Remember, I'm very big on this. It doesn't mean it's for you. Just like I believe in blood types for people's eating habits. Doesn't mean that one blood type should be eating like another blood type. My husband's a blood type O. He couldn't care less about breakfast, but he gets up and drinks that full of nutrition and fresh organic fruit smoothie I make him every morning because he loves me. And maybe, maybe there's a small part of him that knows it's good for him, but I don't think that's really why he does it. He does it for me. 
he's not hungry. He can go all day without food. I'm an AB positive, very red, rare blood type. I have to be very careful about my blood sugars. I'm hypoglycemic. And I don't get up in the morning without putting something in my mouth within 15 minutes, even if it's a drink or an apple. Like my blood sugar crashes, I want to throw up. That's my body. And I cater to my body's needs. And that is no different than you catering to your soul's needs, your body's needs, your mind's needs, your emotional needs. You need to be aware. So this has been my year of really having big reflection over all this. Now, a big thing with that is, of course, just having consistency. So with the, uh, I was really struggling with Marine St. Germain's, um, I guess it was the Kashuk Records, because now I'm doing the Flower of Life, which is the Merkaba meditation. I really struggled with it. Oh my gosh, I struggled with it. Just being, you know, doing it every day and, and such. But then when it all kicks in and I, you wake up like three months later, like I am now with this new awareness, you're like, oh, oh, I get it. It's no different than being in school, guys. It's like you don't realize the education you have until the education is done and you look back going, oh, well, I guess if I hadn't learned that in school, I wouldn't know this, this or this. And then I wouldn't be able to go on and learn the next thing. Okay. So consistency is very important. Um, the depression I dealt with, you know what? I've been on and off meds my entire adult life for depression. Well, Butrid has always worked well for me. It does not work for well for everyone. So please, if you're one of those people that is like, oh, but I'm, I'm listening to this speaker and Shelly said, Shelly said that's good for Shelly. Please talk to a healthcare professional. You might have different brain chemistry than me. Your body might need something different than me. If you're bipolar, you might need something different if you're suffering from a chemical imbalance. It was no different than when I went to talk to my cousin, the ones that we went to visit with my uncle passing, uh, dying right now in palliative care. She is a pharmaceutical technician, and it was wonderful because, of course, with all this chronic pain this past six months, really this past year, we've been experimenting with some types of drugs, and I know that different drugs uh, touch different things like there's neuropathy or there's actual you know you've cut your leg open pain the body you need to understand what you're going through before accepting what a doctor is going to give you to deal with that so that's why it's really important to explain to your doctor the how the why the you know the who whatever everything you can give them about how you're experiencing it why you think you might be experiencing it if there's an underlying illness that's causing it, it will determine what kind of painkillers they put you on. And I don't recommend them long-term, but they are needed and welcome. Because let me tell you, when you cannot manage pain for long periods of time, it's very unusual that you won't suffer some sort of depression. The body and mind can only handle so much. So give it what it needs, even if it's for a short time, and then work on finding ways of coping, like I have for years, without all the drugs. So this is all the journey. Okay, so let's, you know, there we go. So consistency is really, really important. And now the most recent issues are really more around my husband's unhappiness in his work. And I literally came to this conclusion in the last week. And I'm going to tell you the story because, because I gave him the grace and the room and changed my perspective, he changed his and I cannot tell you how much this type of thinking has helped my marriage in the last number of years. My coach and I have just ended a two-year, um, I was going to say program, but no, just we, I do a year coaching at a time and it expired last week. So yesterday would have been my first Tuesday without my coach and the day was full anyways and it gave me a chance to reflect. But he and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, knowing this was, I said, you know, I'm not going to re-up right now. I want to stand on my own two feet. I want to put my new stuff in practice and I want to breathe. I just want to be for a little bit. 
because this growth has actually been very exhausting. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's not an easy thing because usually growth comes with a lot of freaking pain. And I just don't mean physical. He says, you've come so far. Two years ago, you basically almost left your husband. And now you have such an understanding of what you need and what he needs. And we have a very happy life. And he's not wrong. He is, he is so accurate in that. And it is such a gift that I can take this mindset and help someone else. And in this particular case, it literally was the man that I spend every day with. We bought this little motorhome, for, as I mentioned, from my uncle last week. We, however, we did not have $20,000 just sitting in a bank account. We have line of credit that are because our mortgage is open. And I'm very comfortable with that because I am a dollar cost averaging type person. In fact, when I got sick and I wanted to shut our mortgage down and put it into a term, my own banker looked at me and said, Shelly, I know you're scared right now because you're sick, but I know you too. We have worked with you for a decade on your investments. This will pass for you and you two will want to do something in the future and the funds won't be there. So she left us with an open mortgage. And because I am disciplined and do not live in it, like I'm not always going into more debt, it was like a safety blanket. And if we needed something and one month was a little heavier, it was there. So it just fluctuates like a line of credit. It has worked fantastically for me. Plus it floats with prime that you need to be aware. Is the market, you know, going to go up? Would you be better locking in at three or to 5%? But for our case, it's only gone up maybe twice. But we've had 20 years of the best rate ever because we're always doing prime plus one or prime plus half or prime. So we have done very, very well with the way we've handled things. But it was interesting that our banker knew us so well. And she wasn't wrong in the end. We, we changed houses when I got sick a year after. So we got sick and living in the home we live now, which has rental suites in it. And we did that for a couple of years. And then we moved upstairs and renovated because I wanted to be upstairs. I wanted to see my gardens, be in the light because I lived in the basement for, for two years and have this fantastic deck that's up there. Then we sort of did the exchange student thing. Then we did rent a couple of just all furnished rentals. And the students worked the best for us because we opened the whole basement up to them and they, they live with us. So we share a TV room. I have double kitchens because of the extra suites. And that has worked so well because they're very young and needed family. We needed to love and give and we needed income on this property. We just, it met everybody's needs. But you don't know if your needs are being met if you don't know what your needs are in the first place. And the kids we have now, we've had long term. And now one of them has brought her sister in and seeing them together after being apart for two years is amazing. Uh, so I've got three of them in the house right now. So it's a full house. And if you can focus on those things in your life of what you're giving back, it really does make it all worthwhile. So we're going through all this, but my husband is so miserable at work. So I'm looking at this. Now back to the real estate. We happen to live in a home that is appreciated in value without the mortgage going through the roof because we were being careful. We have an opportunity for an investment and this motor home. Now I was sort of raised that you don't buy depreciating assets like cars and thing and toys with credit. But at the same token, if we sold this house tomorrow and had that cash in our hand, we'd have them all the money we needed. So does it really make sense to live every day in almost like a poverty mentality doing without and not really opening up to new possibilities for me out of fear? No, it doesn't. It doesn't for me. And I really, it was something I had to let go. It always shows up for me. It always has. God has always looked after me. The universe has always stepped in. It is. So I just let it go. 
Then I realized when we got home, I have this husband who is glowing. He is so happy, but he's still so miserable at work. So I like, first we're keeping the motor home. This, he's a fisherman. This gives you the ability to go to the river and fish me, the ability to go with you, but I have a washroom. I have air conditioning and heat. If I need it, I can make a cup of tea. I've got my fridge. I've got a bed. I am great. My needs are met. And we've got this new puppy that we want her to be, she's 10 months old now. She, we want her to be outside and have the life like we had with our first dog. But our first dog, we were younger and we own vacation properties. So she, Kaya went everywhere with us amongst our investments and our vacation properties and had this great life. She just went everywhere with us. Then she got older and we started the cruising and the other types of things for a number of years. Then COVID hit. Okay. If you cannot adapt to change, life is going to be tough. I, I truly believe that because life is change. Every time I watch family or friends or just the world or people in general struggle, it's because they won't accept that change is really inevitable or deny that change is even happening. A hundred years ago, you know, we didn't have cell phones or telecommunications. 200 years ago, we didn't have electricity. We didn't have penicillin. Okay, uh, we didn't have planes. I mean, to say that... Things don't change is the most naive and ignorant thing anyone could ever say in my world. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, seriously, I can't deal with that. <laughs> you need to step aside because everything has changed. That is the whole purpose is change and growth. So I've got this very happy husband who I know is, is just wants this motorhome. So we have, I have embraced full uh, heart. I, and I use Ken Honda's uh, thing. I, I wrote the checkout, I kissed it, I held it to my heart, I gave it to my aunt, and I said, I want you to take this with the love it is intended, this is happy money, and we have such gratitude. You have no idea how freeing that is, it's amazing. And if you can instigate that mentality in every area of your life, bring it on. So then past Sunday, we went out and had a business meeting with a business that we're looking to invest in. It is Keith's expertise. It's his line of work. He's not working for the company, but it is in his wheelhouse. And their um, growth and what they're taking on as a new line is exceptional in the marketplace. And I was $3,000 short. Keith sits down the next day and says, oh, by the way, I've got a huge check coming from work because all the back orders, because of course supply chain has been so messed up with COVID, came to fruition and all my orders shipped and they gave me this huge commission check and there was the money. That little lesson was just like, Shelly, there it is again. Listen to the universe. It will look after you. It will support you. So I started looking around going, if it all fell apart tomorrow, I could live in the motorhome. I'd still eat. I could live in the little old house in Penticton and sell this one. I'd still be eating. Maybe I don't need to sacrifice and not have a great retirement and life right now because I keep thinking it's my job to leave all this money to my kid. It's not actually. It's his job to go make his own life. What I have left and what I use responsibly, I absolutely will pass on and I will pass on with love and I will give help. We've helped numerous times, but my son battles with a lot of issues and we've had to be very, you know, we finally had to actually last year as well, this whole, again, all the, this past year, we had to close the door on him and let him stand on his own two feet. He's in his thirties now. And it just, we just, it, it was enough. No more. And although they're bitter and a little angry, we've gotten through it and they succeeded. 
So as a parent, although they're still hanging on, especially my, my uh, future daughter-in-law, she's like, well, you turned our back on us and I'm with, you were my only family. Thing is, you're not married to my son. My son broke up with you like three times and sent you back to South Africa. You weren't my family. We gave, we did everything we could for you two and you just kept turning your back on it. So we're all, remember, we're all in our own movie theaters watching the same life from a different perspective. But as a parent, I couldn't be prouder because even though I know they're hanging on to a bit of anger and bitterness, I as a parent am bursting with happiness and pride because they did land on their own two feet. And now she is a Canadian landed immigrant. He has got a job at one of our big universities working in IT with medical and a pension. Because of COVID and, and the housing, uh, student housing being all empty, they got a fabulous location right downtown near where he works. And he has stepped into the role of, of being a great father for the first time in his life to my 10-year-old granddaughter. Really, as a parent, and this is for my older listeners, is there anything better that you could think of? I believe it is our job to raise a generation that thinks for themselves, stands on their own two feet, and contributes to society. So although I was given a lot of help by my family, and my family uses, unfortunately, money to rule with an iron fist, and if they, they just cut you off if you don't do what they say, I chose to be cut off and walked away. But it made me a stronger person, and I wanted that for him. It is so important to own yourself and your actions and your thoughts, and everything else is a bonus. And a lot of people have a real uh, problem with inheritance because some people, like I was raised believing in inheritance, it's biblical. Um, I have girlfriends that are like, no, I expect nothing. And I've made sure I teach my children the same thing. So it was something I sort of had to face and deal with this past year to say, you know, what is it Keith and I really want in life? What do we want to contribute? So of, oh, sorry, let me finish my husband's job thing. Then I'm going to bring you to the last part of how my reflection of this year brought me to this place now in my acceptance and not I'm not going to apologize but I am going to tell you that some things are not going to happen that I promised everybody and I'm, and for that I am I am sorry for the what's the word I'm looking for for the expectation I created I finally came to the conclusion that we were all really needed to look at our lives and say do we need to be doing what we're doing I looked at my husband and said do we need to sell this house and retire you because we can we can, we can absolutely do that. We can, we've got the motor home. We've got the little house in Penticton. We can make it work. We wouldn't be traveling around the world and going to Hawaii and on a cruise every year, but we really could make this work. You were miserable and you're 58 years of age because his birthday's two weeks before mine. I think that freedom that I even proposed it when he knows how usually I'm all about on the path I'm beating myself up because I'm not bringing in the income I think I should be this past year, especially since the pr two previous years, I really got my health under control and got back into my bookkeeping and finance work and was making a living again. And I loathed every second of it. I think it's a lot of what brought in a lot more of my pain and my illness this past year again. So I've let it all go. And COVID, COVID actually slammed the door on that career. I've talked about it many times this past year because my clients got hit with things and it just all trickles down and they're like, and I was so grateful. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that openness and awareness that I said to my husband, you have done this for me. You have been nothing but supportive during seven years of my illness, of us changing homes, which he didn't mind changing homes, but I did. Seeing me through, he's walked in too many times this past year with me crying and going, I can't carry on with this pain. I can't carry on with life. Um, I'm not able to work properly. He's had shouldered that burden. I thought it was time to, to relieve that from him. 
And when I did, it took him no time. It took him barely two weeks to come back to me last night and say, honey, I, I'm going to be okay. I think we should get, give work a couple more years here, build the pension up a little bit more. The country's opening up. I can start traveling for work here again soon and leave the office behind. When there is no joy, if you are a business owner, listen to me very carefully. You should be as joyful as paying your employees as they should be for doing the job for you. It's a symbiotic relationship, okay? And Canada did have one of the strongest middle classes on the planet. That is being destroyed right now and has been this past year. But we have had that. He now has a new kind of lease of position on life going, okay, yeah, no, yeah, I, I can do this. But he was where I was so many times this year, just he could not see the forest for the trees. Changing your perspective can not only help yourself, you can really help the people around you. So where were we at the end of all of this? This past month, I've really come to the conclusion that I'm okay. I do not need to be chasing dollars. If, a, if contract work, even in my line of work, of my old line of work of accounting came up, and I felt like the company was worth helping, I'd go work for them for a couple of weeks or a month. I'll coach when clients need me. When any of you need me, I am here. But I'm not retired because I'm not retired from life. I am accepting now that that nine to five job, that thing, that, that is done for me. This is my gift, sharing with all of you, encouraging you, giving you wisdom, learning so that I can share. And if we're going to be doing investing again, I run this household. I've got kids. I've got renters. There's income coming in. We are investing in some other stuff that needs to be, needs to be managed. I have an elderly mother that needs help right now. I'm busy every day. My calendar, that's what was happening. I was filling my calendar instead of just getting up and dealing with what needs to get dealt with. I've, I'm giving myself that permission. So there will be no YouTube channel unless it happens organically. I will not be doing the transcripts. The poor sales rep that keeps phoning me, or emailing me saying, is this still on your agenda? No, it's not, love. I'll get back to you when I'm ready for that. Okay. The YouTube, uh, sorry, the Instagram channel is going to continue looking the way it is without expensive graphics. <laughs> Because it's not what juices me. This is what juices me. This and the interview I have this afternoon. And Brand, uh, Brandon um, Handley, who I had on my uh, show a couple weeks back, who I have still not edited the podcast because we went away and I, I, also got very, I also got very sick at the beginning of the month from an antibiotic. It was like, oh, for the love of all that's holy, what's next? But I can look back on it now and I swear to God that every time I start getting so ill and I'm up against a wall, it's because the universe is trying to tell me, you're not getting my message. Could you please listen to me? So for now, we're going to continue doing this, having our chats every week. It's therapeutic for me. It helps me grow. I'm going to continue my work in five-dimensional thinking and in meditation. And I'm going to run this household and our finances. Help who I can help and be who I am. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com and Instagram at livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>